Welcome back to Um, This is your host, Law. Avia. Man, we got a show for y'all today. Avia, you, I know you're going to kick us off because we were going to go into Hyper Good Nights, but you said you got a damn story. I got a little story, and I, you guys have to excuse me. Um, I'm a little bit more nasal than usual. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, trying to get through this cold or whatever I got, SARS or whatever. Um, so I was on a date and we were at this lounge and it just so happened to be comedy night, right? Word. So the guy I was on a date with is super tall. Like I'm talking like NBA basketball tall. Six five? No. Shorter. Taller. NBA basketball tall. Six five is NBA basketball tall. Six five is on the lower spectrum, I feel like. No, what? Yeah. Wait a second. Do you know how tall Michael Jordan was? He was 6'6". Six, six. Yes, so what are you talking about? And he was shorter than a lot of guys that he played with. 6'5", tall as hell. How tall was Patrick Ewing? Uh, Patrick Ewing was by what? 6'9", six, 6'10"? See, that's what I'm saying. I feel like that's like a normal That's height. not normal. That, For those basketball? Are centers. That's a center. I anyway, didn't say continue. the position. Continue. Continue. <laughs> Anyways, he was 7'3". <clears throat> this thing... What? <laughs> Was you dating y'all? I mean, seven like what? Ming Yao. Like what? Yeah, he he's tall, right? Seven three. Yeah. What? Where is he from? Africa. Okay, got it. Very good. (laughs) VG. Aren't we all though? Um, Right. Was he a bouncer? No. Can he, he actually, dunk? He actually used to play ball. Yeah, he can dunk. He can just stand underneath the basket and lift his arm up. <laughs> he even got a... <laughs> okay, so you were, you were on a date with a 7 I want them th- to do a, a, a dunk contest and someone has to jump over him. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they could. But um. so anyways, yeah, so we were on this date and we were at this lounge and it just so happened to be comedy night, right? So... His friend actually ended up showing up on the date, um, which was fine. It didn't bother me or whatever. Because we were all just sitting, chilling, listening to the jokes. And his friend's like seven feet tall. (laughs) So you on a date with two trees. (laughs) You know what's so funny? Someone, one of the um, comedians actually said that. Like, y'all just some trees just roaming around. (laughs) So you can imagine if they got up to do anything or go to the bathroom Anyone that went up to tell a joke would make a comment about them. Right. And it got to the point where someone said something to me. One of the comics said something to me when they were on stage. And I was like, honestly, if they weren't even here, meaning the two guys, half of y'all wouldn't have anything to tell a joke about. Because it was like a running thing. Like, everyone had a comment to say about them. Like, oh, what what sport do you guys play? And it's like, okay. That's getting old. So, anyways... It got to the point where the comic had said something to me about them. He was like, oh, are y'all on a date or something like that? And I had said something back and then everyone was laughing. And then I noticed that the guy sitting in front of me at the bar, because we were like sitting in the seats across from the bar. The guy sitting across from me at the bar, he was with a white woman. She was one of two white people that were in that place. And because this was in Harlem and 
like he looked really, really happy with her. Like I, I noticed them from earlier, and some of the comics made made jokes about her, like, "Oh, Caitlyn, you all right?" You know, like, just, damn, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you just have to. You just you gotta make fun of the people that stand out, the white people, the trees, whatever. All right. So, at some point, the guy when I when the comic was saying something to me, the guy who was with the white woman, he was laughing, and then he turned towards me, and then he waved, and I'm like. All right, I guess I'll wave back. I don't know who's waving at me, but okay. Do we know each other? And I looked at him because he had a he had a pink baseball cap on, and it was dark, and I couldn't really see his face. I looked at him. I was like, Oh wait, do I know him? I was like, I think I do know him. And after some contemplation, while I was sitting there, I realized I went on a date with this guy three weeks ago. I, you know what? <laughs> I cannot. I absolutely cannot. First off, first off, what kind of weirdo <laughs> shit is it to wave at somebody you don't know? That's some weirdo shit. He knew me because we went on a date wait, wait, three weeks Secondarily, ago. the fact that you didn't remember him off rip. No, I couldn't tell because he had his hat really low down on his face, right? Can I and tell it was y'all, already dark in the lounge. You know, Avi is getting to summer Avia. No, come on. Because summer Avia is about to come out. Don't and do everybody that. gonna be on her. No. And like this is <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Summer Avia is approaching. No, no. Y'all know how you know how on Game of Thrones they'd be like winter is <laughs> Winter is coming. It's not approaching well, anything. Like, well, Avia's like, summer is coming. <laughs> Oh, these 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 dudes ain't ready for this. They're I'm not ready. not ready for anything. I okay. So this is the thing. The guy, from what I remember, because I don't, I just remember I didn't want to go on a date with him again. That's all I remember. And clearly, he didn't want to go on a date with me either after that because we didn't hit each other up after we left our date. And I went home. I let him know I was at home. He let me know he was at home. That was the end of our text exchange conversation anything right there was no communication days after the date there was no hey da 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 whatever but i knew that he just wasn't like the one i could just tell and as i was talking to him i was like he seems like he would probably need to be with a white girl oh so when i saw him with her i don't know why it shocked me i don't know if it's because out of all places they're in harlem full of black people in this lounge and he was like caressing her hand. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, first of all, as a black man, it is kind of bold to have like a save the last dance type of relationship in Harlem. Why? Why is that bold? It's kind of bold like, to love who you love? No, it's not bold to do that. I just feel like there's certain areas of New York where you see more of the black guy, white girlfriend type of combination. And that would be Brooklyn. And that was wow. like Park Slope, Brooklyn, Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. I've seen it. Clinton everywhere. Hill, Brooklyn. I've no, I legit see it. Seen it I everywhere. see it, but I don't see it as often as I would in another like part of New York. Okay. But it's you know, so when I saw him, I was like, wow, he really brought his girl in here. She's like the only white girl. That's cool. Be comfortable. That's great. When I realized it was him, I was like, this is why we didn't work out. Because you in your mind and your heart of hearts already knew that that's who she should be with. While I spoke to him, the way that he came off to me, you know how they say like someone sounds a nationality 
I hate it. I hate it with a passion, but continue. But do you know what that means, though? Well, when someone says that, can you actually imagine what they're saying? Um, like, oh, some, that, this person sounded black. Like, say you're on the phone with them, you don't know who they are. They could be, I don't know, a client, whatever. Like, oh, they sounded black, but I can't tell. If I were to close my eyes and talk to him, I wouldn't think he was black. That's all I'm going to say about that. I would be surprised to see that he was black. Based off of his voice alone and based off of the way that he spoke and, and You guys can't see me right now, but based off the way I speak, do I sound black? Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> it means something. For anyone who knows what that means, please comment because I mean, it is a on, thing. Man. It is a thing. Anyways, I just wanted to put that story out there. I thought it was pretty interesting that I was on a date and the comedian was talking about me being on a date and then my date from three weeks ago waved at me after he made that joke and I was like, oh, you want a date too? And she looks nothing like me. All right. And you know what? In turn, my date looked nothing like him. So it all worked out. Facts. <laughs> all right. Let's get into these hyper good nights. So... For those of you who aren't aware, Hyper Good Nights are our segment where we talk about trending topics. And if we hype something, that means we like it. And if we good night it, that means we don't. So, Avia, let's start this shit off right. All right. Number one, Hyper Good Night to Black Twitter's colorism claims against Hollywood for casting Will Smith to play Richard Williams, a.k.a. Serena and Venus's father, in an upcoming biopic. I want to start with this one. Okay. So... I've looked at a lot of commentary on this. I've seen a lot of people go back and forth on Twitter. And the colorism debate is something we just even talked about on our last episode, for God's sake. Right. It, just, it will not go away. Never. I'm going to actually hype night this. Mm. And here's why I'm hype nighting this. And I hate saying something is both good and something that I potentially dislike. So I want to lead with the why I feel like this is bad. Because Hollywood does have an issue with kind of either whitewashing things or making things be lighter than what they need to be. And by things, I mean the skin color in which someone plays something. They always have them as a lighter complected person. And in this case, more shine needs to be given towards the darker complected person because essentially you can't tell Serena and Venus Williams' story without bringing up colorism now do i think that their story could be told without the colorism if they were just black absolutely if they were light-skinned it wouldn't matter if they were just light-skinned it, it's still a story is a story however her skin tone does play into why people view the way they view and so here is the hype part about this if you want to get more eyes on this movie, if you want people to actually be intrigued by it, you need top-notch actors to play this. Some people don't like Will Smith as an actor. Some people say that he's boring. He doesn't make good choices. Will Smith has proven Why that he can people? be a potential good character actor. He did it with Ali, and I believe he was nominated for an award for that. He's not one of those people that doesn't take his role seriously. He genuinely gets into it when he cares. So I believe that he will body this role because it actually means something to people. What I would also say on the other end is they could have potentially went after a Idris Abba or a Mahershala Ali, but they didn't. And if they would, I would be okay with that as well. But the pick of Will Smith, I still believe that he can bring this character to life. He can bring their father to life. However, if this is the one reason why you won't go see this movie, 
Well, it tells me a lot about you, too, so do better. Get in on this. Who's playing Serena? I don't know, but that was another joke on Twitter. They, they, there was a they joke. They already casted the dad, but they don't have the main the, player. No, the joke was, I mean, if you casted uh, Will Smith as the dad, then Serena must have to be the girl Sanaa from Lathan. Blackish, the girl from Blackish, the daughter. They were like, they must, they're gonna have to use her as <laughs> Serena, oh, and then potentially uh, they gonna have. With Will Smith as the dad, they're gonna have Sierra as Venus and Sanaa Lathan as, as Serena or something. I, I'm gonna have to goodnight this. Um, Will Smith has played a darker skinned man before. It was in a movie called Pursuit of Happiness, where he played Chris Gardner, which is an actual person. But because a lot of people didn't know who Chris Gardner was before we saw the movie, it didn't affect how we watched the movie. Um, unfortunately, we all know what. Venus and Serena's dad looks like. And so in a case like this, I am always, always, always going to gun for Hollywood to expand their minds and cast new people. We don't need to see the same people in different movies all the time. Will he body this role like you said? Yes, he will. But guess what? Like you said, Mahershala Ali who actually has more of a resemblance to their dad than he does, not even in skin tone, but in facial features, I could see him doing that as well. I don't know if he didn't audition. I don't know if maybe his schedule didn't align with their shooting dates. But I'm always going to be for Hollywood making the most accurate decision for a role of a person who actually exists. I am never going to be for the whole Zoe Saldana, Nina Simone, blackface. We don't have to do that. There are too many people who are too creative and talented who can play these roles that may not have been discovered yet. But as we know, Hollywood is all about the coin. So if the name doesn't bring the people in the seats, they're not going to hire you. They're not going to take a chance of you. Um Take a chance on you. Let me ask you this before we move to the next one. Like, I I really want to hear you say this. So, when Kevin Hart just did the upside, and the white guy from Breaking Bad is playing a guy who is disabled, should they have hired a disabled person to play that role? Just yes or no? Why not? Why not? if If the... If... If... The guy who is playing the role, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, mm-hmm. he's playing that role, and it's believable to people, and it draws them in. What is the problem with that? I don't think there's a problem with them hiring... Because uh, it's acting at the end of the day. You're yeah, acting. it is acting. Um, I think in that case, the physical appearance of him being handicapped, where he has to actually act handicapped... I don't think that that would change the viewer's mind of this role. We know what Richard Williams looks like. And the whole time we watch this movie, we're, ha- we're going to have to envision that against Will Smith's face. And I don't know and how name, they're going sorry, to do that. And his name is Brian, Brian Cranston, by the way. That okay. was a huge controversy, by the way, which is why Brian brought it up. Well, to me, it's, it equals the same thing. People were mad. They were like, you should have put a disabled person in that role. I'm not mad. Okay, so I'm not... I know it sounds hypocritical. Oh, you're mad about Will Smith. You're not mad about the disabled person. I feel like if Hollywood can do it, do it. They could have done it with the disabled person. Well, do it. But do people know Brian Cranston over 
XYZ person who happens to be disabled. They do. So it's all about money, which I don't agree with. Same thing with Will Smith. I don't agree with it. That's why I goodnighted it. So my thing is this. Um, I just feel like Hollywood needs to afford opportunities to people that are out there that can that can do the same things as Will. Will can do it all, but we don't need him to do it all. That's what everyone else is here for. It's like, I would never say, hey, Hollywood, let's hire, um, I don't know, Jennifer Lopez for this fat role. No. Why don't you hire the girl from This Is Us? Uh, you know, it's like, why would you hire someone who needs to put on a big, uh, like a, a bodysuit or something to create this illusion that they are something that they're not when there are bigger people who can actually fulfill that role, who can act their asses off? What's the point of even doing that? Recycling the same names. I'm over it. So good night. All right. Next up on our hyper good night list. Um, some of you may or may not know, but Jay Prince is somebody who's been in the rap game since forever. He started a little rap label by the name of Rap A Lot Records. And Jay Prince is one of those people that when he says something, things happen. He is, by definition, what people view as a mobster. He has those kind, he has that kind of stature in the game. And people know that if he says anything, he can get you gone. He's one of those people. With that being said, Jay Prince has had his hands in investments with a lot of top notch artists. Everybody from uh, Drake to uh, Nikki. He has, in some capacity, done something with them, helped them, or his son, for that matter, has been affiliated. Now, with all that being said, me giving you context and background on Jay Prince, Jay Prince is an old school guy. And so, when he sees one of his investments getting uh, trolled, rolled, beat up, and <laughs> frankly embarrassed online, he feels a way about it. And by investments, I mean YBA, YBN Almighty J. YBN Almighty J recently was just in the Bronx, and then he got dog walked by a bunch of guys in the Bronx. They beat the shit out of him. They took his chains. They robbed him of everything from his money. And then they had him with his pants down, ass out, running from them. No shoes. They took everything. They jumped him. All that to say, Avia, and I want to start with you on this one. Hyper goodnight to Jay Prince calling for mob ties for his artist, YBN Almighty Jay, who was robbed in the Bronx. Uh, I'm good. I'm going to goodnight this as well. Wow. Why are you goodnighting it? <laughs> wow, I'm you shocked. Genuinely shocked. I honestly don't really know much about Jay as, as you do. I just, you know, I saw the video of uh, YBN getting beat up and... The guy's kicking him in the head, and I saw his injuries, and they were very gruesome. And I don't think that he deserved to get hit or even molly the way that he did. Um, I just think that if you have, if you have a, a place in this industry like Jay Prince does, and you know that you have influence so that if you say things, things can happen, you need to be careful about how you do things. And to put out a, a national statement or, or or like a online statement of we can't ignore this and I'm calling on he called Can you on, read some of that statement? Yeah, he said uh 
Mob ties call to my real street niggas around the world, but especially on the East Coast in the Bronx. There's a clown by the name of Zay. He's he's calling them out and his crew who I want to become who want to become famous by bragging about robbing rap industry niggas. They recently bragged about robbing the artist YBN Almighty J, whom I invested in. They robbed him of his money and jewelry, including a rap a lot piece, so therefore they have robbed a piece of me. He went on to tag Cardi B, Remy Ma, uh, Fat Joe, Swiss Beats, A Boogie with the Hoodie, Corey Guns, and all these other Bronx artists to this PSA, I guess you could call it. <laughs> um, and I don't know what he expects them to do because if they want to get involved with this, that could ruin their bag and their future. And I don't think that all these people that he listed are about that life in that way. Swiss Beats is married to Alicia Keys and she's about peace, love, and harmony. I doubt he's going to do anything in this case. Um, Remy Ma just had a baby and she doesn't need to be in jail again. Cardi B also just had a baby and uh, she's been problematic in the past too. So I don't know what you want her to do. So it's just like, I get what he's trying to do, but don't drag all these other people into it. Because if something were to go down against these people, Zay and his crew that he's looking for, guess who's it's going to be connected to? It's going to be connected to you who put this PSA out. And if you think it won't happen to you, look at Takashi 69 Facts. So Big good facts. night. I hope you get your chain back, but good night. There's a different way to handle this. Okay, I want to jump in on this. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, this is another hype night for me. Damn. And here's why. I don't normally talk about street shit. I try to avoid street shit like the plague because I personally am not one of those people that claims to be street. Although I, I did grow up in and around it. And I did grow up doing some very hood shit. But I don't claim to be street. I don't. I'm never going to be that person. I'm never going to act like my upbringing was surrounded by that. So with that being said, I'm not going to handle this story with kid gloves, but I'm also not going to handle this story being unrealistic. I said all that to say, the the hype part about this is I appreciate Jay Prince reaching out and saying, hey, we cannot allow things like this to happen without there being repercussions. And I'm reaching out to each one of you who I know have OGs in the game that will come down and speak to these young ones and do something because if I have to do something myself, something will go awry. I appreciate that. There is a level of code. There is a moral and ethical thing that he's trying to put out there into the ethos. However, and here is where it falls on deaf ears. You are talking to 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year olds. They don't give a fuck and they don't know who you are. Nope, surely don't. A lot of them are probably in your comments or on your message boards telling you to SMD, which we all know what that means, <laughs> which is some of the most offensive stuff if you can you say. If you don't, Urban Dictionary it. Right. <laughs> I said all that to say, if you really want to see change, Tell these young men to be more prepared in these situations. Have bodyguards around you. Have your team with you. As much as I despise some of the Takashi 6ix9ine antics, he's always with a team of people. He's always with two or three bodyguards. He's always with his uh, his gang crew. 
you got to do what you got to do. Because this rap game is not for the faint of heart. And if you don't have enough money to get your artist security, maybe you should trade in those Rap-A-Lot chains and buy some. It's just the word. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's move right along. Let's go to Yes Jewels. For those of you who don't know who Yes Jewels is, Yes Jewels is somebody that is a DJ. She's a half Spanish, half Italian uh, girl. Italian stallion. A girl <laughs> who is known throughout hip-hop circles as one of those people who a lot of guys either want to hit on or try to get at. And she's almost viewed as kind of something of a, and I hate saying this, something of stature without having to be ridiculously famous. She has a a good way of putting it. I said all that to say, uh, recently she was just on a podcast uh, last week and during her sit down with a few of the coolest people on earth, uh, Murder Mook, who is a huge freestyle rapper in Is Biscuit, who has his whole watch series and does what he does on uh, Instagram. She sat down and talked to them about a few things and she aired out a bunch of her grievances. Um, so specifically with that being said, her airing things out did not end up going well on Twitter. Specifically, her comments around Karen Civil and Scotty Bean. With that being said, Avia... Hyper good night to Yes Jewels calling people out on a podcast for trying to trivialize and stifle her career. It's interesting because um, I had never really heard Yes Jewels talk until I saw this interview. I'd seen her post on IG. I've heard of her. Um, and after this interview came out, I saw the rage that came from black women who were standing on a united front with Scotty Beam, who does radio, and Karen Civil, who does PR and events. Um, and Scotty Beam and Karen Civil have, you know, their name in the industry to their own right. I don't believe that anything that Yes Jewel said was not factual. I, I don't see a reason why. She- what about her commentary on Joe? Now, you guys didn't hear it, but she had some commentary about Joe. As far as the sweatpants? Yeah. I believe that that actually happened. Basically, what happened with Joe Budden is that um, she was on a date in the movie theater and she got a phone call from him three times in a row. He was clearly frantic about something. (laughs) So to prove to her guy that it wasn't like there was anything to hide, she answered the phone and he's like irate and telling her like, yo, you need to call your people at Kith because I'm trying to return something and they won't let me. She calls her her rep at Kith that she knows and lets them know where Joe is and how he's trying to return these sweatpants. But in between that time that the rep reaches out to the store and reaches back out to her, it was discovered that Joe actually wore these sweatpants and actually took a picture in these sweatpants (laughs) and posted that picture of him in the sweatpants. And so they didn't want to let him return it. Is that not funny though? It's funny, but I can see Joe Budden doing that. <laughs> like, yo, you gotta you gotta talk to them. I'm trying to return this. They won't let me return. Like in, I can in see fairness, this though, playing if you just out. For a photo shoot, he will do that all the time though, right? Yeah, if you're if you have a stylist who has an understanding with brands of bringing clothes back that have already been worn, 
there's contracts in place for being able to do stuff like that. So I, I, I don't want to, I'm a hype night her. Wow. You got some hype nighting. I want to get my hype night in. Um, I'm going to hype the fact that she just, I feel like she, what she said was true to her own story. So if she felt like there were times Scotty Beam and Karen Civil were standing the, in the way of her bag or didn't appreciate who she was as someone who's in the same industry as them, that just may be her truth. And like she said before, there have been so many things that have been said and posted about her and she's never had a chance to actually speak on it. This was the one time where she didn't bring them up. She actually was talking about them in a generic, vague way. And it was the podcast host who's, who was like, give me some names. And Which was Murder Moot. But, okay. okay, wait, wait, wait. What about her comments in the past regarding black women? And that's where the good night comes in. So my good night for her is um, she has a history of walking, not only walking the line of saying things that uh, could be considered racist or insensitive to black people, but crossing the line. Um, she's had tweets. Um, one of the tweets being, you know, should I wear this shirt to a festival? And it was, what was it? Niggas lie. What was the shirt? What was the shirt? It was a picture of a shirt that said, Pretty sure that's all. Niggas, uh, niggas always lie. Had the N word. Had the or full. Or niggas be lying. Right, right. And because she's not black, of course you're gonna get backlash. And so in the interview, she tries to explain that she, the reason why she posted this was in reference to Joe Budden because they were having beef. But if you don't think that everyone knows about your situation with Joe Budden, you can't expect the rest of the world to understand why you posted that. I think that yes, Jules, unfortunately, is the product of a white person who has grown up around black people and has a whole bunch of black friends and their black friends don't tell them what they can and can't do when it comes to speaking on black people and if they can speak on black people. And to me, she is the epitome of like the people out here in New York. There are so many people out here in New York who are not black who run that N-word very frivolously, like just like it's nothing. And maybe they are black and I can't tell. I don't know. But it just reminds me of a situation I had with a coworker who's Puerto Rican, just Puerto Rican. And I actually told him before he moved out to LA, I was like, look, you use the N-word, you know, when you're talking about your friends and yeah, these niggas, yeah, I'm about to hang on my niggas, da da da, in a very casual way. And I haven't said this to you before because I know how you mean it. I'm just letting you know when you go to L.A., you can't do that. (laughs) You can't because people are going to look at you like, wait, why are you saying the word? And it's going to be an issue. So while New York, that's cute, is not cute in L.A. and other places where they would actually take issue to that if you're not black. And I think that she is a product of that, of being comfortable saying this stuff around her black friends and so she assumes that the rest of the black community should be comfortable as well and she needs to be put in her place about that and i I don't think that that's happened and i can understand where the frustration comes from when it comes to scotty beam when it comes to karen civil and anyone else who has just had enough of her antics okay all right so i'm gonna try not to be too spicy with my two spicy no it's true so, as far as hyper good night to this, 
I was struggling with this one. I don't want to hype night every single thing. So in this case, <laughs> no, for real. If you didn't hype hype night the first two, you would be hype night nighting this. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Yeah. Go ahead, hype night it. No, no. Spe- speak your truth. No. You're not gonna hype night the last one, or no. maybe you will. I don't know. Just no. do it. I just, it no, because then it just fits to run. Talk about the nuance. Oh God. Uh. Here's what I'll do. I will say, you know what? I'm hyped. Fuck it. Oh. I'm hyped for Yes Jewels on this. Um, I think the reason why I'm hyped for her on this is because I, this is one of the few times where I don't, I, I don't like the fact that the internet wants to bury her so badly. She is the underdog story in this. As crazy as this sounds, the little white girl in this situation is actually the underdog story. I am not, and don't get it twisted, in no way, shape, or form is this regarding her looks or anything like that because in no way, shape, or form am I interested on that uh, level. It's more so that I feel like people want a reason to hate her. They go out of their way to hate her. And so at a certain point, it pushes your buttons. It gets you to, to, to an edge where you're like, you know what? I don't have to deal with any of this shit. And frankly, I'm done taking it. Now I'm going to dish it. And I feel like she got there and just kind of said what she said. Is it right? I am not here to, you know, condemn her for speaking her truth. Uh, Scotty came for her (laughs) after Scotty heard her name. Scotty was just defending her own self. I don't think Scotty will actually do anything personally. You don't know that. I don't know, but I yeah. don't, I don't think she would. Okay, so I will just leave this on this. Um, whenever you're trying to speak your truth, I appreciate anybody that allows you to do that, and I'm not mad at that. Now there are going to be repercussions to that, and hopefully, when she does come back in town, nobody allows it to get physical. That's it. All right. Let's move on to Russell Westbrook. Before we even get into the hyper good night around this, I want you guys to listen to the audio and the response that Russell Westbrook had in relation to Utah Utah Jazz fans. In the past, Russell has had to deal with some pretty crazy stuff when it comes to games. And I think Utah has been one of those pieces that has gotten under his skin a little. And this case is no different. So take a listen. Hold I'm gonna tell you one thing. I'll fuck him up. He said he's I promise you, I hope you guys could hear that very clearly. But while some fans were saying some things, and according to Russ versus the fan, Russ is saying that that guy and his wife, a fan in the crowd, was saying to him, get back on your knees where you belong. The wife was saying it. The guy was saying it. Russell was not okay with that. 
Russell took big offense to that. And the way that he took offense to it was because he felt like it was racial. The guy ends up responding, doing an interview of his own to basically right after the game to kind of clear his name in a, in a way. And here's what the guy had to say regarding I mean, what's, what, what happened. He's got to be a professional. I mean, it, it, she was sitting down the entire time. Me and him were just, it was actually, we were kind of having fun, to be honest. At least you thought you were having fun? <laughs> yeah, he was smiling at one point, And there, I mean, there was a lot of people because it was when, you know, Joe would come by and poked Paul George in the eye. And, and then Joe goes over and apologizes immediately. Russ is just F-bombing and carrying on, acting a fool down here, and everybody's getting on him. And he had, he had, I guess, heat. I thought it was ice. I just told him, I'm like, just sit down and ice your knees, bro. And he turned to me, and he's like, that's heat, that's heat. And I'm like, well, you're going to need it. And then it turned into not safe for work. So that's what provoked his response. There was no swear words. There was I no never other. said a swear word to him, and everybody in the vicinity will say it. And she never left her seat, never said a word, hands in her lap. Never said a single swear word to him. Not one. So, like I said, initially I was like, oh, I'm talking with, with Westbrook, you know? I mean, the guy's one of the greats, but he's also classless. I don't care. He can threaten me all he wants. I was the one talking to him. But don't threaten a woman. She's five feet tall and 110 pounds, man. I mean, never said a word to him. Her first NBA game ever. Welcome to the NBA, Jen. All right. I let that whole thing play on purpose. I, 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 I really wanted you guys to hear that whole thing before we give our hyper goodnights to this. So the hyper goodnight here is hyper goodnight to Russell Westbrook cursing out Utah Jazz fan Shane Kiesel. I want to hear what you have to say about this. So I can start this. Um, you guys heard both sides of that. Uh, the media is definitely more in line with uh, the Jazz fan on this, saying, you know, Russ, you, you, you went a little too far. Um, so I, I'm going to say this much. I'm going to absolutely hype night this. <laughs> and that's why you hyped the last one, so you wouldn't have like a full string of hype nights? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to hype night this. Because there, there, is, there is nuance to be had in this. Okay. Here's where I'm good nighting this on, on Russ's behalf of cursing somebody out. The NBA has rules against you getting into altercations with fans. And all this kind of stems back from the malice in the palace. And I don't know if you know what happened with that, with the Detroit Pistons and the Indiana Pacers had a game. Ron Artest went into the crowd after having a beer thrown at him and punched a fan in the face. I will say this much. Russell Westbrook knows the rules. Russell Westbrook knows he can potentially get somebody ejected if he's feeling away. He can talk to any security guard, which he was. And there are things he can do to get around this. To, to say what Russ said, though, which is what triggered a lot of people around you and your wife is what people jumped on. Do I believe for one second that Russ would put his finger on a woman? No. Even Russ said that after the fact. He's like, I would never hit a woman. That's not something I would do. I believe Russ in that. However, saying that out loud in this time, in this era... Not okay. And it's problematic. Period. There is no if, ands, or buts about that. That is problematic. 
That is why I have to good night what happened. He could have said any other thing, but he said what he said. Now, on the hype about this, I think fans have to start to realize all that shit that you do online through social media, which there is kind of this like barrier between you and them because you're just doing it digitally, that shit don't work in person. You keep that same energy in person and then you got to deal with somebody else who's physically there. And when you dig into that guy, Shane Kiesel, and you look at his Twitter account, which that's what happened immediately after the fact, which he deleted his Twitter account, which makes perfect sense. A lot of tweets surfaced and a lot of shit came to light. And he was looking real, real funny in the light. Like, to the, to the point where people were basically like, mm, seems a little racist. A little racist much? So one of the things that he has said, and this was back Last year, around October 6th, he said Russell Westbrook needs to go back where he came from. Hashtag MAGA, a.k.a. Make America Great Again. What the fuck does that mean exactly? When you say go back where you came from, what exactly do you mean, sir? He means he needs to go back to Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever he was born, I think that's what he was referencing, right? Right? (laughs) Right? All right, so later on, uh, another another instance, and this was before this. This was back in April. Um, he responded to somebody else's tweet and said, Westbrook is a piece of classless shit. Somebody needs to kick his ass. Hashtag tool, hashtag poor loser. It's really weird when you compare the words that he's saying online to the words that he suggests that he said to Russ in the moment in real life. Oh, because Russ is just going to overreact to you just saying, you know, you need to ice your knees because that's what you said. Yeah, that'll get him going. And then finally, and this was perfect. This is nothing to do with Russ, but randomly that same day, this guy tweets, come at me, nigger boy. Wow. Just had a random fan who basically was just basically like, we can go toe-to-toe right now. This is before the game? It was on... It was It was yesterday, early morning. Like, at 12.48 a.m. That <laughs> was wow. after the game. And then he deleted his Twitter. So I said all that to say... Um, this is one of those instances where... I wish Russ would have chose his words differently... However, the NBA has to change this entire policy on how close the fans can get. And they need to throw, throw people out when they're harassing the players. Because, bro, you say the wrong shit. And as a man-to-man, you got to understand, shit can go real left real quick. That's it. That's all I got on that. What you got? Um, I'm going to goodnight everything. Um, mainly. You're goodnighting Russell cursing out the oh. fans. Oh, sorry. I'm going to hype that. Okay. I thought we were talking about the the fan. I'm hyping Russ because, first of all, Russell Westbrook does not have a history of beating anybody. He is not Ray Rice. He is not Jose Conseco. 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 He's not Conor McGregor. He's not Ocho Cinco. We don't have any history of him doing anything bad to a woman and if there is, we just don't know about it. But 
for him to say what he said, that may sound really, really harsh. Like, oh, I'm going I'm, to I'm F up your wife too, right? It does sound harsh. It does sound harsh. But you know what? This example, and I said I was going to bring this up. This example is, is a prime example of what I was trying to get at in our last episode about colorism. And I say that to say, we talked about privilege and we talked about people knowing their privilege and using it however they choose to use it. Oh. So as a fan, you know, I can say whatever and I could, you know, I could be a troll in these seats and you can't do anything to me because you're the player. And there's rules against you doing anything to me as I sit here and watch you play. As a woman, there is a privilege. There's a privilege of I can say whatever the F I want to a man and he can't do anything to me because I'm a woman. So for for Russell Westbrook to say, I'll F you up to the man, that was okay in our society. But all of a sudden he says, I'm going to F your wife up too. And it was a problem. Meanwhile, the reason why he said it was because she was actually the problem. He was, he was minding his business. He was minding his business. The reason why I don't necessarily have an issue with what he said is because, one, I know he's not going to do it. And, two, yes, it sounds bad, but this goes back into the privilege and knowing how you can use it against someone else. And for them to sit there and say the things that they said to him, um, to troll him, and it seemed like from, from the guy's story, the, the only truthful thing that he probably said was that he was already riled up from something that happened earlier – and you know that, and you keep going at him because you pushing the bear, right? Because you know that he can't do anything to you. You are taking advantage of your privilege, and that's the point I was trying to get at in our last episode, where I said that darker skinned people have this privilege of being able to say whatever they want, whenever they want, and there's no repercussions. So if we want to like break it down. From this episode to last episode, the fans were the darker-skinned people in this case. Russell Westbrook was a lighter-skinned person. Russell Westbrook actually claps back, and now it's a problem. And now it's a problem because of who he is. As a player, he should not be doing that. But these fans have taken advantage of their privilege and put him in this situation. And he is a human being. There are emotions tied to this game that the fans will never experience. Facts. So the fact that they played on that, and I feel like they did play on that because he even mentioned in the past of him playing in Utah, he has had to experience crazy-ass comments from these so-called jazz fans. So this is a history that he's entering, he knows when he enters this this um, this arena that he's gonna have to deal with something a little bit off that he doesn't normally have to deal with when it comes to the people watching this game and saying what they say to him as he's trying to do his job. So good night to the guy. I don't have a problem with what Russell said because he was emotional, and we know that there was no action that was gonna fo- follow that. There's just none. All right, let's move on to our. Both of us love this part of the show, so it's obvious turn, though. Black, Black Card Revoke. All right, Black Card Revoke is where one of us uh, talks about something that makes us look as if we don't understand black culture. 
<laughs> or that in general, we may just need to get our uh, black card taken away from us. So, Avia, today, let us understand why you need to get your black card revoked. All right. So, for today's black card revoked, I'm going to say something and someone's going to be mad at me because who cares? Not me. Um, I don't think I'm a Cardi B fan anymore. Right? What? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't been for a few months now, actually. I used to really, really stand for Cardi B. Not when she was on Love and Hip Hop, per se, because I just thought she was a little birdish and she just <laughs> she fit into the narrative of what Love and Hip Hop was. It's called birdish. <laughs> You about to get slander from the Cardi Hive. Can't wait. Continue. Forever. Um, Barty and, gang. And if you listen to our past episodes, I always mention Cardi in a good light. And when it comes to her versus Nikki, I'm, I say I'm team Cardi. I talk about how relatable she is and how I don't feel like she stepped away from this thing that she got thrusted into called fame. But I feel like there's something that has transpired in the past that I, I was... Uh, made aware of that made me feel like I don't think I can rock with her like that anymore. And it was a situation with this makeup artist on YouTube. Her name is, hold on, Black Swan. So Black Swan is this makeup artist on YouTube. She had a pretty good following. Um, and because of her following, one of Cardi's reps actually reached out to her because they wanted her to do her makeup. Uh, I forgot where it happened. She went, she did her makeup. Everything was fine. Everything was G. Now, time passes, and that same rep, remembering that she did a great job on Cardi's face, there was no issues, yeah. reached out to Black Swan again, and that's when everything kind of went haywire. Black Swan, the makeup artist, showed up to the hotel where Cardi was staying. Um, she showed up on time, which is actually early, and Cardi wasn't ready yet. So at the point where she showed up at her door, she said, oh, can you just you know, take some time downstairs because I'm on this phone call, I'm handling business. Um, so she was sitting downstairs in the hotel lobby for like 30, 45 minutes, hadn't heard anything back from Cardi about when she should go upstairs. As soon as she checked in upstairs to see if Cardi was ready for her, Cardi made this whole stink about her not being on time, and then they try to start the makeup process. Um, now, the whole time that Black Swan is telling this story, there is not one doubt in my mind that what she's saying is not true. And it's only because she she says certain things about Cardi and the way that she's acting during the time that she's doing her makeup. And it's exactly the way that I've seen Cardi act on Love & Hip Hop and in interviews. And just, it matches her aura. So I can't imagine <laughs> her not saying anything truthful at this point. Cardi was so busy on the phone, she was turning her head. At some point, the makeup artist tried to do her eyeliner. She had to do it three times because Cardi was not being a good client. She was moving around, and at some point, she looked at her face because she felt like her makeup artist didn't know what she was doing, and she said, I don't like this. This is too bright. and. Mind you, the makeup artist wasn't even done with the face. So it's it's if anyone who has ever gotten their face done professionally, you know it's a work in progress. And how you look in the, in the middle stages of everything is not how you're going to look at the end. Um, so anyways, at some point, Cardi looked at her face. She didn't like it. 
Um, she got upset with the makeup artist because she said she didn't do something right. And the thing that she didn't do right was something that the makeup artist was trying to fix because Cardi kept moving around and talking on her phone, talking with her hands and turning her head. Right. So things got escalated and Cardi basically fired her on the spot. She never got the makeup artist, Black Swan, never got a chance to finish the face. She was kind of just like in shock over the whole situation because she had such a okay experience with her before that she didn't know how things got to that level. And she didn't feel like it was her fault at all. She was only there doing her job. Fast forward to, I guess, a couple weeks after Black Swan put out this YouTube post about how this transpired with Cardi B. Uh, Mind you, this video has a lot of views because people are really interested in hearing what this person has had to say. Um, Cardi decides to respond on, I think it was either Facebook Live or Instagram Live. And I don't know if she saw the actual video of the makeup artist and telling her story or maybe she heard from one, one of her reps. But she goes on to say that this makeup artist came in late. She smelled like weed. Um, she didn't do her face properly. She created this whole narrative that was not a part of the girl's story. And then she also mentions this happened two years ago. So why is this girl still talking about it? At the time that Cardi posted that video, that situation had happened a a few months prior to that. So it became obvious that Cardi was referencing not Black Swan, but a different makeup artist that she was confusing her with. And at the point where you're <laughs> tarnishing someone's name and their brand and their business, put some respect on my Put name. some respect, a little bit. Because you didn't put any respect when you were getting your face done by this person. But now you're trying to clap back at the makeup artist saying that she came in smelling like weed and you're clapping back at the wrong makeup artist, which is tarnishing her name, which is tarnishing her brand, and it's going to affect everything. And I feel like if you have, if you're in a position where people take to what you say in a heavy way, you need to be careful about what you say. Now, is Cardi ever careful about what she says? No. And you know why? Because she got famous off of not being careful of what she says. So ever since then, um, when Cardi posted that that live and it was revealed that she was talking about a makeup artist that was not Black Swan. Cardi's people reached out to Black Swan through DMs and they actually apologized for her behavior on the behalf of Cardi B. Black Swan took it upon herself to screenshot this half-assed apology and said that if Cardi B didn't get the wrong person in her story, then why is her team apologizing for her? And that was pretty much the end of that. Um, there are, there have been people that have came after Black Swan because they're full on Barty mode and they, <laughs> they will believe anything that comes out the Burdish's mouth. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of support for the, the makeup artist. And I feel like after that situation transpired, it became something it did not have to be. Cardi did not have to come at her in that way. She did not have to tarnish her, her name in that way. And I think she should have made sure she knew who she was talking about before she decided to do a whole live on them. Um, And for that reason, I just lost respect for her. 
And I can't really rock with her like I used to. I really used to be diehard for her. Not a Barty per se, but just such a, a fan of the underdog and her just making it to the top the way that she has in such a unorthodox way. I was all a fan of, but at this point, I can't rock with that. I just can't. So bye, Cardi. And I'm not black anymore. And I'm completely okay with that. I'm well. I, I'll say this much: uh, I've never truly discarded, but I just don't view her the same way everybody else does. I'm not about to slander her or push back on her music or anything. I just don't view her the same way the public does, and I think that's fine. Completely okay, and neither do I at this point. But that is an interesting <laughs> black card revoke. <laughs> that that is. All right, let's move into our main topic. This is a topic that I've, it's been pending for a while, and I've been wanting to talk about it. It's been in the queue, y'all. Yeah, and so um, what I'm saying this, I'm going to do this again without having kid gloves on. I'm saying certain things that I hope aren't triggering or making somebody feel away, but it is more to provoke thought, and I hope to get answers from you because I feel like if nobody else, you're very clear on where you stand on certain things. Who, me? Yeah. You're very clear. Unless I hype night something, like um, you did three times today. Damn, why you gotta do that? <laughs> damn! <laughs> Admittingly, I did hype night today. Anyway, it's not about me. Okay. The What I want to do, it is story time today. And mind you, audience, I don't know what story he's about to tell, so I'm listening for the first time like you guys are. All right, this story begins with one of my female friends. She's been dating a guy for a month or two. They went out on a few dates here or there, and she's feeling them. She doesn't know how serious it's going to get. She doesn't know where it's going to go, but she's feeling them, just not to like the max capacity yet. She doesn't feel as if she can fall in love yet or anything like that, but she's feeling them, mm-hmm. you know? And it's hard for her to let new guys in. She she kind of has her... Pause. <laughs> it's, it's all right to let the old ones in because they know exactly where they're going and how to move, right? Okay. okay. <laughs> so she knows where she stands when it comes to meeting new men. It is one of those things where she's like, you know what? I could put the brakes on that. I don't need to meet new people. But if I meet somebody that's worthwhile, I'm going to give them a shot. So she's feeling like this could be worthwhile. She's letting it happen the way that it's happening. It's progressing at a rate and a in a pace that she's comfortable with. Mm-hmm. She gets to a point where she goes over his house one night. Now, she knows in her mind if she's there... She wants to try to pursue, you know, having sex. Some physicality. Right. She's like, I'm trying to get it. She's trying to have relations. All right. And that's cool. That is great. She's trying to, you know, see if he's vibing and he feels the same thing. He's into it. She's into it. They start kissing. One thing leads to another. They leave from the couch. They head to the room. This sounds like a movie. I feel like this was on a Think Like a Man or something. They head to the room. <laughs> it's dark in the room. He has a bathroom near his room. She says to him, I'm going to go get tidied up and like make myself, you know, 
good. Go grab protection. Get yourself together. She goes back. Get yourself together. Yeah, but she go like take your clothes off, basically. Oh, well, I didn't know that's what get yourself together. You know what I mean? All right. So she's going to the back. <laughs> she like does whatever she does, runs a little water, spurses things up, making sure she's good for the moment. She comes back out. It's dark in the room. She's like, you all set? He's like, yeah, I'm good. She feels around and finds him. They start kissing. One thing leads to another. And they end up having sex. Like naturally. Normal progression stuff. It's not, not hard to see. Okay. As in the in the process of them having sex, things are getting a little heated. Things are okay. All of a sudden, midway through, he's like, "This shit feels so great." Blah blah blah. And then he's like, "Yo, can I nut in you?" <laughs> oh boy! First off, <laughs> wait, what? Like, I, before we even go any further with the story, can I not? What? What would you? What would you have preferred him to say? But why are you? What? I'm just asking. We don't I'm know each other. We, we don't know ask. each other well enough for you to be asking me this. Clearly, he's dealt with someone who he knew to the same extent who let him. Nah, B, I don't care. You, we. This is our first anything. What are you doing? Well, I guess we should be happy that he asked and didn't no, this put the condom off in the mix and didn't second. tell her. Wait a second. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm being sarcastic. I'm being How sarcastic. are you asking this question we just... Consent. <laughs> I hate Look, We can't get mad when guys ask for consent and then be like, well, why are you asking for consent? And then, you know, try and advertise that people should be asking for consent. Like, which one is it? Are we happy that he asked? Or are we mad that he asked? I'm asking you. I'm I'm disappointed that he would ask on the first go round. You're saying he should have asked at Period. all. Period. On the first go round. Like, fam, that's not even that's mm-hmm. unacceptable, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. I agree. But that's me. Alright. Let me progress this story along a little bit. So she goes, I mean, as long as the condom's on, whatever. Like, I don't care. Like That's not the same, though. He was asking, can I take the condom off? That's what he was asking. Is it not the same? Are you sure it's not the same? Because if you're saying, can yeah. I go? Yeah, he's asking her. That's his way of asking her, can I take the condom off before I finish? Those aren't the same words. No, it's not the same words. But if he had the condom on the whole time, he doesn't have to ask her, oh, can I go? Because there's a barrier between them. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to ask then because why are you asking? Like clearly we know that this is going to happen. I guess. There's a barrier. You don't have to ask if there's a barrier. That's the whole point of protection. Don't it's you protecting you from still the other have to person. Ask? If you can come? Yeah, inside. Hey, can I come? But inside though. Yes, you have to ask if you take a condom off. No, but even if you you're Even saying if you, you have, have a condom on? Yeah, you're saying you don't have to ask if you have... Because you just heard, never know. I've never heard of someone asking if they can climax 
with the condom on while they're having I'm, sex. I'm, I'm only saying this because you never know. Slippage. You just never know. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of that. I feel like if anyone asks, they're asking to do that without the condom on, which means they're about to take it off and do it. And they were asking because that's not how you started having sex. So okay. if that's how you're going to end having sex, at some point you need to have that conversation. And that's where the question comes in. All right. So she's like, so long as you got the condom on, I mean, do you. That's her way of saying no. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, can I take my condom off? Well, he didn't say it like this, but his subtitles are, can I take my condom off and then finish? And then she said, no. All so, that to say no. Okay. I said all that to say, after all the sex that they've been having and all of this shit, and she says no, that, look, he said, she says, yes, you can so long as you have it on. Uh-huh. His response is, I ain't got no condom on. Oh, my gosh. Didn't I just say this earlier? I was like, at least he asked instead of taking the condom off. And he didn't have it on the whole time. The whole fucking time. Wow. Immediately, (laughs) the sex is over. She is freaked the fuck out. (laughs) Freaked out. She's like, what the fuck is going... She loses her shit. Mm. For obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. He's like, what? I don't. Th- I thought we were good. Like, you know... I felt like we were good. What? <laughs> no, you felt like you were good. <laughs> now, I don't want to take too many liberties with this story because I want to tell it as it is. But I'm going to I'm gonna add something on to this because I can't give too much because then it would skew. Something. Okay. So I'm um, the uh, the addition here is he kind of made it because I'm doing a summation because I don't want to go into the deep dive. He's just making it sound like I really thought we were all good. This shouldn't be a thing. Let's just be adults. Wow. Oh. So that's the summation ooh, of it. Ooh. Ooh. I hate when someone tries to justify something. And tries to make me feel like what I'm feeling is not legit and uses the whole let's be adults thing. That does not work for every situation. And it's not working for this one. That's the summation of it. It was not as nice as that. That's the summation. Right. He's telling her to get over it. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Oh, my gosh. Uh, (laughs) I got to go after that. There ain't no conversation. (laughs) Ain't no conversation. Okay. Hold, hold for one second. In her mind, she's freaking out because she's like, I don't know if I have an STD now. I don't know what you have. Oh, my gosh. And his dumb ass, well, I ain't got nothing. I'm good. How the fuck do I know if you're good? Is that what your test results said? You ain't got nothing. You good. <laughs> the There's There's a 110% chance... You ain't got nothing. You good. <laughs> the next part of this, though, goes somewhere that I I just never thought about it this way. Okay. And here's where the question comes to you. She says something that I've not really thought of. Is this rape because it wasn't consensual? 
Oh, wow. The act of having raw sex wasn't consensual. Yikes. And is this something I could take to the authorities? Oh. I don't know. So here, here's where I'm going with this. I never even this. thought about it like here, that. Here's honestly. where I'm going with this. On one end, I would say if you contract any STD or STI for that matter, it's absolutely a legal concern because that person should have alerted you that they had that by law. And on top of that, you never gave this person consent to do that, to have sex with you without one. So that can be two strikes in itself. Do I know whether or not standing on its own without you having an STR or STD, whether or not you would go to jail for that or you could be penalized in a legal system for that? I don't know. But what I will say is there should be some infraction that goes against you if you lie in that light to anybody. I don't care if man, woman, whatever. I don't even think they have laws for a situation like that. I don't think it's right, though. No, I agree. And this is why I said... the court, Her life could be on the line. This is why I said the court system, the justice system is flawed. Because there's a lot of things that go untouched when it comes to situations and people not having to deal with repercussions because of these situations. And this would be one of them. I just looked up the word rape as a definition because once you asked that question, I was like, I want to see what, what the internet say. So Merriam-Webster says rape is unlawful sexual activity and usually sexual intercourse carried out forcibly or under threat of injury against a person's will or with a person who is beneath a certain age or incapable of valid consent because of mental illness, mental deficiency, intoxication, unconsciousness, or deception. Okay, so that said exactly what I thought it would, actually. Um... Wow, 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 wow. Is that rape? I feel like it's like a, a, a degree of it, you know? Um, it feels... Because the definition of rape is forcing someone to have sex with you in a way where they have no control, right? So he didn't necessarily force her to have sex with him, but the way that they had sex is what he forced without her knowing I um I oh gosh did she does she want to go to the authorities about this like is she seriously considering That was it? the question. There is a term for this actually called stealthing. That's what people call this. Oh really? When oh, this is done. Oh okay. Like secretly. I don't like it though. I don't like this shouldn't be it shouldn't just Listen. it just should not be a thing. I myself am one of those people that I'm too transparent about things to ever put anybody in that kind of, like, I don't want anything sexually to ever happen to someone else where they have to go, man, I got to live with this for the rest of my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, if there was anything that was ever wrong with me, they have to know. And on the flip side, if I didn't have protection on me, that's something I am obligated to do. If, especially if we're in the dark and I said I was going to do this and I gave you my word and then I don't do it. That's fucked up. Because she basically told him like... Um, she did. Wow. Yeah. Up front. Yeah. That's the first thing before I go to the bathroom. I'm like, yo. So that, is put, that is malicious then. 
for you to know that you had this conversation. I thought we was all good person. though. You know what though, and that whole this is this. You know what I was envisioning, and this is not even to be funny in any sort of way possible, but I was actually envisioning an Usher type of situation. What do you mean? Like, him just, I'm not saying this is how it went down with Usher, but like, to the effect of those girls that um, accused him of giving them herpes and everything like that. I was thinking about that. Like, someone having unprotected sex with you knowing that they that there's something's not right with them and they could pass that on to you and not saying anything about it and coming to the um point of like oh no I'm good if someone tells me like oh I'm good that is not enough for me to feel like okay we're good because your word is not bond over anything especially if I just got to know you 2 months ago which means two months ago, I didn't even know you existed in this world. And now I possibly have to deal with a lifelong um, STD or condition or even possible pregnancy. Like, all those things. That is so not cool. And I hope she doesn't talk to him ever again. That was another thing. I'm like, yo. On, on, was she trying to consider God. if she should continue? No, no, but it is, should I go to the authorities? Uh, okay. I only had the answers, and then I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I think it's rape. Period. Yeah. And I, and I looked up. I looked into it. By definition, even what you read sounds like fucking rape to me. Well, the act wasn't being forced, but how they did the act was people, being forced. People consider this to be, and this is the quote: "Rape adjacent." No, nigga, this shit is rape. That we, why so are we saying it's like rape's cousin? Yeah, like I was like, what is a subsidiary of rape? What are we basically, doing? Basically, that's what they're the saying. Fuck out of here. They're, they're basically saying there's levels to this. Nah, B. Nah. Now, what I will say is that the trauma that she experienced from him, I don't expect that to be anywhere close to the trauma that a rape victim experiences. You know what I'm saying? So and so- I can see why they call that a subsidiary because. You may go through some trauma, like rape, but it's not going to be to the effect of a rape that you carry with you the rest of your life. Like, you may never forget this situation. And if nothing comes out of it, as far as, like, you being clean and healthy and don't have any diseases, you're going to remember this situation, of course. But is that going to haunt you to the point where you just can't become physical with anyone else again or don't trust men or whatever the case is? Whenever you open up a new risk sexually, so let's say you guys are already consenting, yes, we're going to have sex. Great. And we're we're both agreeing to protect ourselves within that. That is one form of sex that you guys have agreed to do. If another form of sex is introduced, both parties then have to reaffirm that context yet again to say, I want to move forward with this. And if that's not reaffirmed, then y'all shouldn't be fucking. No, I totally get you on that. But this just reminds me of our Aziz Ansari episode where I can see how someone reads someone based off of their based off of their um, body language and what the, the what the aura and the energy that they're getting from them, if it's closed off or if it's open Sometimes those conversations are not had in the act. This is a different story. This is a 
we had an understanding, a verbal understanding, and that's not what went down. It's not like a transition of, oh, um, there's foreplay, and then there's more foreplay. You're not asking every step of the way, can I do this to you now? Oh, can I kiss your neck? Oh, can I? Like, you know, you're not doing that. It's just everything is transitioning into another thing. But this is complete. I'm going to disregard what you said for my own pleasure. Right. And then when you flip out about it, I'm going to pull the whole we're adults thing and what's the matter. And this is why I hate the whole we're adults thing. Because people try and use that line to justify the worst things ever. Asshole. Like, oh, we're adults. Why are you even... Why are you even tripping about me not having a condom and you not knowing if I have AIDS? Okay, we're adults. And guess what? Adults die from AIDS too. How about that? I think it's extremely traumatic. I think it's an extremely traumatic uh, situation. And one of the things that I thought about, I'm like, automatically that is sexual assault to me. Because anytime that you feel as if not only can my life be on the line, but I'm risking something by doing this that I did not commit to. And you, I think about this. If you don't know whether or not you have AIDS, HIV, or any of those things, and that's like the extreme, and all you're doing is thinking about that consistently until you go get the test, and you go get the test and you wait for the results, fuck. The results come, you're like, fuck. Your palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. You know, the whole thing. No, but seriously, (laughs) the whole thing, nobody should ever have to feel that. Nobody. Why would you be the person that gets to dictate that? You take their ability and their option away from them, and then you put them in a situation where you're like, ah, act like an adult. This isn't be- this isn't best of me with Jay Z. Guys do guys, guys. I'm saying guys because that's all I date. Um, guys do that a lot though. They'll do some f boy stuff that they know is some f boy stuff. And they know doesn't fly. And they will do it. And when there's a reaction out of it, like, why did you do this? Then they throw the, oh, let's be, let's be adults about this. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And they try to pacify, like, oh, no, no, no. Like, why are you tripping over this? Trying to make it seem like the girl is in the wrong for even having any sort of reaction, anger, or anything seen, I, against yes, it. They I'm, will try and diffuse a situation in that way. And I'm just like... That is so like I don't even have the words to describe what that is. It's like it's like it's manipulation. manipulation. It's yes. not like it is. You're you're right. I mean hundred percent jinx. But like it's manipulation one on one. To flip it back on someone else and make it seem like knowing that you did the wrong, you flip it back on them like they're in the wrong for even reacting to the wrong that you did. Like what you did was right. Like that is and if he does that in that sense, and that's an extreme sense, what kind of stuff would he do in an actual relationship? I actually, I hate it. I hate the term, but it's true. This is toxic masculinity at its finest. Let me ask you a question. A hundred percent. Do you think that he acted, this is all hypothetical. We don't know this guy. Do you think that he acted the way that he acted because of toxic masculinity alone? Or do you think that there have been situations just like this that he's found himself in and the girl didn't flip out and everything worked out and now he's looking at your friend like 
every other time I've done this, it's never been this big of a deal. So why are you flipping out? Like, do you think he had to go through past experiences to compare her to that? Or do you think he already had that in his mind of, I'm I'm about to flip this? Cause I think it could be both. and But I really think he just flipped the switch. He literally went in there like, oh, I'm good. I can't wait to see what this feels like. He had that made up in his mind. Like, imagine you you guys waiting a month and a half, two months almost, and then you're like, man, when I finally get this, I'm about to do what I got to do to get it the way that I want to get it. And in his mind, he was doing exactly what he wanted to do. But that was not consensual. And to think, I thought he was asking for consent. Well, he was asking for consent on that last part. Wow. I'm taking away all the props I gave him. All of them. He was asking for consent to nut inside of you. That's not even funny. <coughs> I just, um, okay, so people like that, I could never rock with. Never rock with. Because how do you do something like that? And then when the conversation is had about what you just did, you're like, oh, I'm good. I'm clean. Player. Well, act like an adult. Right. Act like an adult anyway. Because <laughs> I'm clean. They probably throw in something like, don't I look clean? Do I look like I have... Do I look like? <laughs> I right, I don't really like like having STDs. Like, so imagine he he plays this role of like, oh, what are you saying? I'm clean. And then, how does he expect anyone to actually believe what he's saying? Because if you do this stuff with her, who else have you tried to do this with? And you've actually climaxed inside someone without a a, a condom on. And you don't even know if they have something. So he's worried about, oh, let me let me tell her that I'm good. What if your friend has something? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like my, my last question to you is this. Would you have called the cops on him? And is this rape to you? Um, I don't I don't think I would have called the cops on him because honestly, until this conversation just now, I didn't even think of that being a thing to okay. call them for because like the definition that you looked up said is it's like a it's like a uh department of rape you know it was like it's not rape but it's within the realm of it being similar to in the way that i did not have consent or i did not give consent over something that just transpired and we had an agreement now, I think that your friend, the fact that she even thought of doing it, I would be interested in knowing what authorities say to her when she reports him. Like, are they just going to shrug it off like, oh, but did he rape you? Okay, then well, there's nothing we can do. Or are they going to actually take into consideration that this could be a case of something and actually follow through on it? That's fair. All right. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave this topic alone. Uh, that was crazy. our main topic I'm for today. I'm so sorry that happened to her. That was our main topic for today. And we're going to transition. Why don't you give me like any sort of warning we're, or anything? We're like, going to transition into the final part of the show. And that is the do's and the... Don'ts. And obviously, you start off with the do's today and I'll end it with the don'ts. Super nasal. All right, ladies, do. My do for the day is this. When you're out 
hanging out with your friends, socializing, meeting new guys, you're going to come across a guy that approaches you that you're probably not going to be interested in. And what I have learned is that you telling them that you have a boyfriend sometimes doesn't get rid of them. So (laughs) I thought of a new way to get rid of them without telling them that you have a boyfriend. And that is this. You tell them that you're only in town for two days and you're visiting. And when they ask you where you're from, choose the furthest country away (laughs) as possible. Like something in like a 12 hour time range difference, like Thailand or something. And from there, the conversation will be like, oh, wow, that's cool. Okay. Because at that point, guys don't think that far ahead. They really think day to day. So at that point, they're not going to be thinking, oh, we can try and make this work. This could be something. You wake up at 9 a.m. I'll be awake at 9 p.m. We can be phone buddies and get to know each other across the country. (laughs) They're not going to be thinking that. They're going to leave you alone. And the only reason I know is because I tried it and it worked. So... Do lie if you have to. If you don't feel comfortable saying you're not interested in a guy when they approach you, just say that you don't live there. All right, is it my turn? <laughs> is it my turn? Can I, do I get to talk to the guys? It's yours. Go ahead. Guys, for the don't today, just know this. It's 2019, guys. There's a lot of materials out there for us to read about this. And there's a lot of things that we need to take heed of. And one of the things that most of us have a big problem with and we just can't get beyond ourselves on is I've talked about listening to women multiple times over. And in this case, I'm not talking about listening to women. I'm saying don't talk at her. Ooh. You got a lot of accomplishments. You got a lot of things you can pick from your family life to like throw in her face and a myriad of funny stories that you want to be able to tell her. There's so much that you could drop on her, but you don't need to drop all that shit on her all at once. You don't need to. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Tell them what it is. Thank you. You don't need to treat your date as if it's a fucking sounding board. She is not there for just you. It has to go both ways. You have to allow for a conversation to take place. And conversation is not just one way. It requires two. With all that said, if you just want to hear yourself talk, how about you go home, go to a mirror, and talk to yourself directly? (laughs) Or start a podcast by yourself. (laughs) And with that being said, that's our show for the day. You can catch us on anything from Google Play to iTunes to SoundCloud. SoundCloud. And don't Instagram. forget to catch us on Instagram and Twitter. Good night. Buenos noches. Arriba noches.